The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hello, my name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. UK time. And this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show, minus the songs. Every week we're going to release it so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week. Just one thing to mention, I give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show, so you'll hear that on this podcast. But obviously, it's a podcast, it's pre-recorded. So if you do send in a message about something I'm talking about to the numbers I say... I mean, I'm not going to read it because it's already happened. It's in the past. It's pre-recorded and no one's going to see it anyway. But here's the worst bit. You might still get charged for it, depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of everybody's time. And so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m. UK time on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it, though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh, this is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alec with a C. Feldman. When that, that guy, the terrorist attack, happened on the bridge in London yesterday, these these people, like, actively went for him. They tried to, like, take him down, jump on it, even though could have been a huge personal danger to themselves, including a guy who was on day relief from prison, where he'd been for murder, okay then, and a guy who somehow managed to find the tusk of a narwhal and grab that and use that to defend himself. You two are in weird kind of ways, legends, and today's show goes out to you. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from Leeds, Alec Feldman. I like that. 
It feels weird to describe a song as well-made. That is a well-made pop record. Harvey, Million Ways. It's with Radio. I'm Alec. Hi, everybody. Played you Taylor Swift before that with the, the unnecessary Shawn Mendes remix of Lover. I stand by that opinion. Unnecessary. Waste of time. Just trying to get more money out of people, isn't it? But, hello. It's me. It's my, my turn to have a play the radio now for a couple of hours. Which is not... I they've allowed me out as they do for a two two hour window every week to to talk about stuff. I'm in a weird, a weird place today. I'm quite you've you've probably been awake, I don't know, four, five, six hours. This is my eleventh hour of awakeness. I was up at like four twenty five morning and I'm still awake. It's it's kinda of weird. Uh the show could get Get a bit weird. I might fall asleep. I probably won't do that. Slightly nonsensical tangents in general. Sleepy. And when I'm in a kind of sleepy state of mind, I just talk utter rubbish. Mostly doesn't make sense. So it could be an interesting one today. Be by kind of five to four or five to five, just be like. Uh, anyway, just just put that one over there. Albatross and also hang about for today's, as ever, quite varied topics that will be discussed before five o'clock, including blocks of ice, autocorrect, school cliques, self phones. As I feel like we need to make the show a bit more highbrow to discuss the issues of the day, I am going to be taking on the very highly controversial topic of gender-neutral toilets. Oh, yes. Prepared to be off. Also, I want to revisit an old theory of mine uh, later on. I came up with this kind of a couple of years ago, and we talked about it on the show at the time. But a few years have passed. I feel like, as a, as all academic research should be, it needs to be reviewed to see it. If it's still up to date, if the evidence fits the theory. So we'll take a look at that at 10 past four. An old theory. If you've been listening to the show for, for a long, old time, then you might remember this. And if you knew, then you can experience it for the first time. 4.10 to see if my theory from two years ago is still correct. Plus, we've got a 60 second guide. We've got someone knocking at your door. All very good reasons to stay here with me for the next couple of hours. We also have This Week I Learned. Let's do that now. This Week I Learned. Straight in then. This week I learned, as I mentioned earlier, 4 a.m. Utterly ridiculous as a time of day. I think there's an election on at the moment. If I was running for one of the major parties, I would campaign to abolish 4 a.m. Just as a, as a concept, as a time, as a state of being. Just abolish it. It's weird. Um, just, it's dark and it's cold and everyone else is asleep. It's just very, very. Oh, there was a reason, by the way. I feel like I didn't outline why I've been awake since 4am. I was working. I don't just have like bad insomnia. I had a job to go to, so I've already basically done a full day. Done a full day's work and now I've come back and I'm doing the radio. So this is like two full days work. Well, I mean two hours in a full day's work. And it's also not really work, it's fun, so that's fine. But 4am is weird. Get rid of it, I think. Number two. This week. Oh. 
practice. Pub quiz. The best of like, on in this part at this time. And we were like, I think on the whole evening around going to this is discovery all instead which makes it worse there was no pub quiz and there was football come to word for it actually phone up and two parts to look on the internet fire it's and worse than you crossing a ticket line if you don't know what I'm about People are on like in the job, like outside with their big cards being like, give us more money or whatever it happens to be. And if, it, if you go past that, as in you walk, walk show up solidarity with fellow workers. And as you pretend to be quite a lot, my lecture was on strike last week, which meant all my things cancelled except one. But the one thing wasn't cancelled. Like going to it means you get a few extra marks. And I was like, well, I'm not going to give them up. So off I went to this wild last week of uni. But then what I hadn't quite anticipated is all the lecturers who were on track would be thing, being like, treat us fairly. And I just had to go straight to the bathroom. Not really bad. I was like, oh my god. These people are kept all the story, I guess, is don't be stand in solidarity with your lecturers unless you can get a few extra marks, in which case, screw them. So that's what we've learned this week. 4am, abolish it. Pub quizzes, oh, that was a weird noise. Pub quizzes, always double check. And um, crossing pickets, don't do it, you feel guilty. Coming next, my, my take on the highly controversial issues of the day. After Lauf and Lady, this is me. And now, I'm going to give my highly controversial opinion on one of the hot topics of the day, because I'm edgy and I'm a shock jock. Are you ready? Are you prepared to be shocked by the offensive opinion I'm about to give? Here it comes. I have decided I am firmly opposed to gender neutral toilets. But, 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 before you hate me, not for like transphobia or any kind of bigotry or political reasons, fully in favor on that count. However, I did have a slightly embarrassing and traumatic experience in one last week and therefore, I'm, I'm obliged to now be against them, which, you know, is not a position I'm very happy I've come to. But just to save myself any further embarrassment, I think it's unfortunately necessary, you know, f for me personally, because that's what, you know, the world revolves around, apparently. So, right. I fully... I've, no, hang on. I've thought about this a lot. You see, I'm still traumatised just by thinking back to this. It probably wasn't even that bad, but for me, this, I died a bit inside, um, was in Wagamama, and they have just, you know, I think they might have some gender toilets, but most of them are just, you know, a, a single room with a toilet and a sink, and it doesn't really matter who uses them. And so I, I went for a wee before my food came, and pushed open the door, and I was like, hmm, that's weird, the door hasn't, like, opened very far, is there something behind it? And the answer was yes, yes, there was something behind it. There was, like, a woman behind it, 
and I was just like, oh my god, there's someone in here, this is bad. And you know, it's kind of possibly a bit embarrassing normally, but I feel like it was enhanced by the fact that, you know, I just walked in on a woman in the toilet and I'm a man and therefore, I don't know, I felt like she might be scared I was some kind of predator. And I feel like that probably wasn't what was going through her head. Um, it was probably just, oh, oh well. But in my head, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this is awful, this is awful. She wasn't even sat on the toilet. Like, this is where I think I might have been overreacting to this a bit. She, she was, I think she was just finishing up. She was like, stood up, washing her hands, drying them, whatever. Like, I don't fully understand why she'd unlocked the door at this point. Because if it was me, I wouldn't unlock the door until literally the second I was going to leave. But she unlocked the door early and set me up for what I found to be a very, a very awkward experience because I, I was more scared about what she'd think than what I thought of it. But that was also making me panic about it. But then also after that, all the other toilets were locked. So while she just finished off drying her hands, I just had to like loiter awkwardly, which made the whole thing worse. And it, yeah, it was terrible and an issue that you wouldn't really have if it was just a men's toilet because, well, they just have loads of urinals. You can't really walk in on someone in the men's toilets. And therefore, I think we're just going to have to abolish the whole thing. I know they're great. They're great for being inclusive. They're great for social progress. However, due to my own personal slightly uncomfortable but probably not actually that bad experience, we are going to have to abolish gender-neutral toilets. I'm sorry. Just, just the rules of the game and that, um, ladies, gentlemen, and everybody else, because we are inclusive on this show, even though I'm campaigning against gender neutral choice because they cause me embarrassment. That is my highly controversial opinion of the week. That actually probably wasn't that controversial because I don't actually believe in it. It's fine, don't worry, don't hate me. Coming next, the best cell phone I've seen all week. We'll do that after Harry Styles. Harry Styles and Watermelon Sugar on Wizard Radio. My name is Alec Feldman. That is a good song. I officially declare it. Um, coming up, what am I going to play? I'm going to play some AJ Tracy's Stormzy on the way, that new song with Ed Sheeran and Burner Boy. And Fletcher will play before we get to 4 o'clock. Now, though, you know how there's an election on. I don't like to remind you about it, although actually I'm going to be doing that a couple of times on the show today. You know how there's an election on in the UK? Another one. Another one. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's kind of getting on everyone's nerves, I think. Nobody really wants to have to think about these things at this point in time and yet here we are and in Leeds where I'm at uni the uni put on uh, like a hustings for the election this week so all the candidates who are standing in Leeds came down and you could ask them questions and they'd give their answers and people would clap or boo or whatever and uh, it was it was an interesting experience I heard some very interesting things I heard some quite boring things and I heard a few just kind of moments of oh my god how are they so stupid um including one of one of the greatest moments i think possibly ever in terms of cell phones i'll tell you about that in a sec first just a couple of other other weird points that i noticed it was quite cute when um, there was a labor candidate there there was a conservative candidate there and obviously the Labour Party and the Conservative Party they're like enemies, they hate each other they can't stand each other, opposed on like everything, but the one thing that the Labour and the Conservative guy bonded over was totally dunking on the Lib Dem guy that was there and they both like were laughing along with each other when they made fun of him it was quite cute in a way, but you also pitied this guy, you know, the yellow tie who was just being bullied by everyone 
and that was quite funny. And then, and also, this this guy from the Brexit party, who you know was obviously kind of old, a man had lots of very strong opinions on stuff, and nobody was really you know responding. People weren't booing him, obviously, but nobody was like, Woo, yeah, go go Brexit party. Except these two people who were sat right at the front, like proper keynotes. They were both young women, and I suspect that that was intentional. So the Brexit party would be like, look, see, we're not just a party for old men. These two very real young students love us because these two people, every everything the Brexit guy said, they just like clapped wildly, really enthusiastically and like whooped. And it was like, come on, nobody believes that you're not plants. And that was quite funny as was um, a Brexit party guy, a different one actually. There were like two sets of candidates, totally owning himself. Because in the, this like debate format, the rules were, in the whole discussion, which was an hour long, you were allowed to interrupt like one of your opponents once and once only. So you had to choose very carefully at which point you were gonna be like, excuse me, actually, I'd like to just rebut that point you've made. You got that once in the whole time. And they were used um, for various things. One person used it to talk about racism. Um, another used it to talk about, I think, tuition fees, if I remember correctly. But this this Brexit guy, um, he used it at a fairly random moment, also actually on the subject of tuition fees, to highlight the fact that the Labour candidate was a liar and a hypocrite in his opinion because Labour in 2015 said they were going to abolish tuition fees. But did they? No, they didn't. And the Brexit guy kind of, you know, sat down, smug smile on his face, thinking he made a really good point, and he's like patting himself on the back, going, well done, well done, mate, you knocked it out of the park. Until someone pointed out that that would have been quite unlikely for Labour to have abolished tuition fees in 2017, given they lost that election. And traditionally, if you lose, you don't really get the chance to put your policies in. So this guy, the smile just wiped from his face, he was like, oh, oh yeah. Any any impression that he'd made this like really smart point, just gone like that, and he totally owned himself. Thought he'd like made a great point and exposed the hypocrisy and actually just made himself look kind of stupid, like he doesn't understand how elections work. And I thought he was just the best self-owned I've seen in a very long time. So today, I want you to maybe fess up. I know this this might not reflect on you necessarily very well, but I think you've just got to sacrifice that thing, that sort of sense of pride in the name of a funny story. When have you owned yourself? Have you ever done that? Tried to make yourself look really smart and clever and like, I don't know, had a mic drop moment and everyone around you just like, um, no, that's, that's not the way it is at all actually. And you just look a bit silly. If you've done that, can you send me a text? 07807-183-538, that's my number. You can send me an email, station at wizardradio.co.uk or message on I don't know, Facebook or Twitter. Um, you can find us on there, it's not hard. When have you, you personally, I suppose, if you want to make it sound like it was a friend, I suppose that's allowed. If you want to pretend it wasn't you, or maybe, I suppose if it actually wasn't you, but it'll sound like it was you, you just don't want to admit to it. If you or a friend has 
totally owned yourself in public and made a bit of a fool of yourself. I want to hear about it. Send me a message now, please. In the meantime, let's have a listen to AJ Tracy's Skeptic. This is Kiss and Tell on Wizard Radio. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Please consume responsibly. AJ Tracy, live and direct. I'm sorry, you can't say his name without following it up. And Skepta, not live and direct. That's Kiss and Tell. You're listening to Wizard Radio. It's Alec here. Going to play you Stormzy and Ed Sheeran and Burner Boy next. Talking about cell phones. Because when I was at this like election sort of debate hustings thing this week, the Brexit party candidate thought he'd made a really good point and been like, yeah, Labour, why didn't you abolish tuition fees in 2017? That's that's 2017, by the way, the year Labour didn't win and therefore couldn't implement any of their policies. Aaron's been on. My parents went on holiday without me last year, which was the perfect excuse for me to just do whatever I want to do for a week whilst they were away and I was home alone. On Friday morning, they phoned me and asked what I was doing that night. And to sound responsible, I just said I was staying at home to do homework. In reality, I was going to go out with some friends and go to a club for the first time. Why would you want to do that? My parents hate me going to clubs, he says. Anyway, classic me. There was an incident at a club next to the club we were at. The news were there, and I got spotted in the background of a news report. I wasn't expecting that plot twist. Someone sent the video to my parents, who told me off for lying. I felt so ridiculous for that. Wow, that is a plot twist and a half. I thought it was going to go in a very different direction, like, you accidentally let slip. You're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that you know, after we hit the club. But no, you accidentally ended up on the news. Wow, well, there's nothing you can really do to avoid that, is there? Just hope, I guess. Next time you're sneaking around, that there's no newsworthy incidents that take place in the vicinity. So that you don't get busted by Hugh Edwards. Um, although, I think I'm going to be quite nice to you here, Aaron, and say, I don't think that's a cell phone. I think there was nothing you could have done about that. That's not you putting your foot in it. That's just bad luck. So, I, you know what? I don't think you owned yourself. Don't beat yourself up about it. It's fine. Um, Charlotte says, when I started GCSE politics, I was trying to look like I really knew what was going on because I've been following the news for quite a few years. Anyway, we were having really intelligent conversations about politics. I'll be honest, I was reaching a bit and trying to sound really smart. And I asked the teacher what President Obama's surname was. Right then, I made myself look like such an idiot. Everyone laughed at me, and I completely self-owned myself. You know what, yeah, I can't argue with that. What is the surname of President Obama? Did you think it was just a really cool first name thing? Like, um, I don't know, sometimes... What, what's an example? I would just say teachers, but teachers never let you call them by their first name. Um, the only example I can think of is like, I don't know, Reverend. Instead of like, Reverend Smith, it could be like, Hey, Reverend Bob, how's it going? Um, do you think Obama was just his first name? And he was just really chill about it, really relaxed, like, Yeah, hey guys, I'm, I'm President Obama, don't worry about calling him a surname. Um, obviously to call me president because I'm the president, but you know, first name terms. No, one thing I could perhaps understand, because I used to think this when I was, I mean about nine, when Barack Obama first came into my consciousness, I thought his first name was Baraka, and then his surname was Barmer. But you know, that's fair enough, if you've only ever heard the name and not seen it written down. But 
But what's President Obama's surname, really? That Yeah, you played yourself there. That is a cell phone. Um, nothing we can do about it. I hope that you managed to recover from, from the humiliation in your politics class and people didn't, from then on, refer to you as the girl who asked President Barack Obama's surname. Ben's been on as well. When TED 2 came out, I really wanted to see it. It was rated 15, I was only 14. I managed to get in, I won't say how, probably for the best, and really enjoyed the film. On the way out, I was laughing with my friends about the film and said, I can't believe I got into that film when I'm too young. And then, the security guard tapped me on the shoulder and I got banned from the cinema. Oh no. That's, yes, unlucky. Just a case of bad timing. Wrong thing to say at that time. Don't admit to the crime on the scene of the crime. Gotta wait a bit before you start bragging. So that's that's the trouble, that's what happened Ben. You got too cocky, you thought you were the man because you managed to blag your way into a 15 and it all came crumbling down at the point at which you got full of yourself. Shame. Is that, was that ban enforced though, I wonder? Like, have you have you tried to go back since? And they're like, oh, hang on a minute, sunshine. I recognise you. You were the 14-year-old that stuck into a 15. Get out of town. And then you get forcefully removed. I wonder, can you enforce a cinema ban? People, people have done much worse in cinemas. That's not fair. Anyway, uh, thanks for those messages. I really enjoy reading them. Um, coming up next... School cliques. You think you're done with them when you leave school. Cheer on I'll tell you why. Self appointed and Burner Boy. Boy. I'm not sure about that one. And Burner Boy. That is owner. It's Wizard Radio. I'm Alec. You know, you know how you're at school, and everyone has their own little groups, their little cliques, and they just kind of exist in their own little circles. Sometimes there might be some overlap, but on the whole, they're like parallel lines. They exist in kind of similar places, but never cross over. Everyone just keeps themselves themselves due to, I don't know, the, the rigid social structure of of schools. Um, you can critique that in your own time. But yeah, that's just the way it is, in my experience at least. And that's kind of fine. I don't really mind. It's just the way it is. Um, and different cliques at school are kind of known for different things. You might have the geeks. You might have the, the smart people who aren't geeks because they're kind of too cool to be geeks. You'll have... I don't know, the football lads and like the naughty kids, you know, everyone, everyone fits in somewhere apart from the ones that don't fit in, who then kind of form their own group of the ones that don't fit in. So they kind of do fit in in the end, you know, that's how it works. And everyone generally kind of has their own space that they call their own. Um, there, were, there were loads of people in my year at school. I don't want to call them the cool kids because I don't think they were that cool. They thought they were cool, but most other people just kind of didn't, but they were too numerous and not offensive enough for anyone to really care. They all had their very specific seat in the corner of the lunch hall. Like, our lunch hall, when you got sick form at least, they had like these cool high-backed benches and they kind of, they were in almost like a grid layout. And so one of these squares in the corner, that was occupied by this particular group of people who thought they were cool and I mean can't, maybe they were maybe we all wanted to be them and you know that was school that was their space when we were at school apparently that thing that's that's still a thing for that specific group of people they're still at it 
what, how long ago did I leave school? Like two, two and a half years later. Really surprised me. I was doing some work in the library at uni today. Not today, this week. I'm, I'm losing track of what today is. This week, um, and I saw someone, I was like, oh, I recognise them. I was at school with them. And then I saw another person go up to join them and I was like, oh, that's funny, I recognise them. They were also at school. And then another person also gravitated towards them that I recognised because I was at school with them. And then I was just looking around to see who else was sat at this library. And basically everywhere I looked were more and more like vaguely familiar faces. Obviously not all of them were in my year because, you know, it's uni, it's big, everyone goes off to different places. But there are a few people that either in the year I was in, the year above me, the year below me, or just people that seemed like they knew all these other people I did recognise because they were like interacting and chatting and getting up at the same time. And I was like, this is so weird. This can't be a coincidence that all of these people that I kind of vaguely recognise or look like I should recognise are here in the same place at the same time. Like, it couldn't have been a coincidence. So what must ha- what must happen, and this is something I only realised this week, they do the exact same thing they did at school, where they have their own little corner of the lunch hall, but at uni, where they've got their own corner of the library, and that's where they all congregate, it's where they hang out, it's where if you don't know where anyone is, you can just go there and find people. It's like the same mindset, and I was just surprised, I kind of thought that wasn't really a thing anymore, where people have their own like spaces, their turf. This is my turf, you can't hung out in this corner of the library because this is mine and it just kind of surprised me that that's that's still on it's nice to know i guess that some things don't change and the same people who were doing all that at school still are at the age of 20 21 at uni good on it i say consistency i like that so yeah school cliques you never quite grow out of them i don't think even after you've left school they're still still deeply embedded into your psyche Alright, I think we should have a guest come on soon, because someone's looking at your door will return next on Wizard Radio after Fletcher and One Too Many. Someone's knocking at the door, somebody's ringing the bell. Welcome back to yet another episode of everybody's favourite radio game show, Someone's Knocking at Your Door! <laughs> um, I'm Ali Feldman. I am the host of this door-based radio quiz game show thingy. And the premise is very simple. Someone very soon will knock at the door and they will only be allowed in if you, the people who are listening to this game, can guess their identity. Very, very simple. You get five yes or no questions to establish their identity, which will be asked by James Gilmore because I can't talk to all of you directly, that would be kind of complicated. He asked the question, you make a guess, you send it in. If one of you gets it right, they can come in. If nobody gets it right, which happens sometimes, they must be cast away forever, never to return. Um, hello, James. Hello, Alec. How are you feeling about someone talking to your door today? Um, you know what? I think you're, it's getting harder and harder every week. So. I'm just hoping we can get to the bottom of who's knocking at the door so that, you know, it's cold outside, it's winter now, so I hope they can come in. It would be quite mean if I left them outside in the cold, so we'd better get some questions so we can get them in quickly. Has somebody knocked yet? 
Oh, fantastic. There, there it is. There it is. Do you want to have, have a quick look at who it is? Yes, that's that's a good idea. Can you tell I've been up since four? <laughs> ah, ah, yes, the guest who, as we established, still knocking. Knocks at Tell the them door. to stop it. They do know the rules of coming around to yours, don't they? What? That they can't come in unless we guess who they are. After an hour, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they'll be okay. Okay. Hmm. So, are you ready with some questions? Yes, I am ready. I was waiting for you to prompt me. That was all. Um, my Hit first, <laughs> my first question. Is this person a woman? Hmm. No. Okay. Now, there was a long pause of, for thought there, which is slightly concerning. Um, so let's have a think about why you could have paused for thought for so long. Is this person a particular person or more a character or role? I think possibly a bit of both. <laughs> okay, a person and a character. Okay. Is so is this person a real person better known as someone else? No. Oh, this is really difficult. Um, okay, I'm gonna move on. Actually, actually, what? maybe. <laughs> what? You're not helping us out at all here. <laughs> okay. Are they Two on TV a lot? Sorry. Are they on TV a lot? Yes. Okay. Um, and my last question. God. Do they have any sort of discernible talent? Yes. Okay, so, so, it's not a woman, both a person and a character, but not a real person better known as somebody else, although maybe that might be the case. They're on TV a lot and they're talented. Yeah, something like that. Jesus Christ, Alec. Do you have any bonus clues you can throw us over here? I feel like... I might have to. Um, there's someone. Screen? There's someone many people would not want to face. God. Um, Some people go to great lengths to avoid it. Okay. Avoid them. Um. Okay. Unless this is the tax man, I'm not 100 sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not well. Those are our clues, I guess. Indeed. So, get guessing. Send your messages in to me right now on 07807 183 538. Or you can send me a text. No, that was a text. Email station at wizardradio.co.uk or tweet us at wizardradio as well. Who is knocking at the door this week? They're not a woman. They're kind of a person in their own right, but also maybe they, they are known for playing a character. They're not better known as someone else, though. But maybe they are. They're on TV a lot. They have talent. They're someone. This is the bonus clue. You don't want to face them. Some people go to very extreme lengths to avoid it. That is someone knocking at the door this week. Quite frankly, if any of you get it, I will be amazed. So, that is that. Moving on. Going to play some Hosea soon and Dua Lipa after the news, which is now it's two minutes past four. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio.
Recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet. Hosier and someone new on Wizard Radio before that, Dua Lipa. And don't start now. It's Alec Feldman here. Hi. Coming up, music from Billy Eilish, Lewis Capaldi, and Tiger. First, though, a discussion about music. A theory. This is a theory I first posed about two years ago on this show. The theory being, music in winter is distinct and different to music in summer. You can tell the difference. I think I put this to the test of one of my friends to try and work out whether a song came from the summer or the winter just by listening to it. And I can't remember whether it was a success or not. Kind of not important. The point was, this was the theory. And I played you a few examples two years ago and they kind of worked. And I thought maybe it's time to review it, to double check, to see where we stand to see if this is still the case. So I'm going to compare some songs from this year, some from the summer, some from the winter, just so we can, we can see, I can show you what I mean about the fact that they're definitely different. You can tell. So starting off, I've got two songs from Billie Eilish to sort of demo for you. The first one is this, Bad Guy. I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the bad guy. Duh. So this was a summer song. It was about in the summer. Back when it was really hot, I remember hearing that song. And you can tell, because Billie Eilish is normally relatively downbeat. That, for her, is proper, like, poppy, upbeat, really oddly cheerful. Contrast that with her new song, which is called Everything I Wanted. Can you say... Totally downbeat, completely different, much more sad, much more slow, much more wintry. That is possibly the best example of a summer versus winter song. They are very different. Moving on now, one of the songs possibly of the summer, Ed Sheeran and Bieber, I Don't Care. Cause I don't care when I'm with my baby, yeah. All the bad things disappear. You're making me feel maybe I am somebody. Again, it's like, it's happy, it's upbeat, it's in a major key, it's chilled out. The lyrics are, you know, it's in the name, I don't care. Carefree. It's lovely. Compare that to one of the, the sort of the songs of the winter, Ride It by Regard. I don't know how to describe it exactly, what Ride It by Regard has that I don't care why Ed Sheeran and Bieber doesn't. But it is a distinctly wintry quality. The song just feels like dark nights, getting dark at three o'clock, being cold, wrapping up, staying in your house. That's what Ride It By Regards says to me. Whereas I Don't Care by Ed Sheeran and Bieber says to me, go out, have a picnic with your friends in the sun. Um, another song, this is the relentlessly cheerful to the point of being slightly obnoxious me by Taylor Swift. Promise that you'll never find another like me. Listen to it. 
there's absolutely no way you'd get a song like that released in like November, December. People just wouldn't have it. They'd be like, no, what are you doing? This is way too happy. This is not a song for this point in time. Whereas, if you release a song more like Dance Monkey by Tones and I, you might be in luck. You tend to get these kind of very autumnal, dancey songs at this time of year, and that's one of them. And I think, yes, that that is a winter song. It wouldn't be released in summer, it wouldn't work in the same way Me by Taylor Swift wouldn't work in the winter. It's just the way it is. And so, on the face of that evidence alone, this theory does hold up two years later. But um, I'm just looking at the global top 50 on Spotify. Um, actually, Circles by Post Malone, yeah. Definitely, that's another one. Uh, Maroon 5 Memories, yeah, wintry. But then Senorita, Shawn Mendes, that, that's summery. So I, does that work? I don't know. Also, Lewis Capaldi, that was big all summer. That That's a wintry song that was big in summer. So I, I don't know. I don't, hmm. oh, Producer Games just sent me a message actually, with the sort of a counterpoint that Senorita was released in the summer which I hadn't thought of, but yes, this is a good point. Overall, actually, I did, you know, you have to look at your theories critically at all times, but having casted my eyes over some of the evidence, I am fairly convinced, actually, that two years on, this theory's holding up pretty well. It's correct, it's accurate. Winter songs are different to songs in summer. You, you can just tell, it's the way it is. This is a fact, and it won't make much difference to day to day life, but it's, it's a useful little thing to think about. Thank you for listening to this presentation. Coming next, autocorrect fails first. Here's Billie Eilish with a winter song. Billie Eilish, that's everything I wanted on Wizard Radio. It's Alec here. I read an article today that kind of made me laugh a bit. Maybe, maybe it shouldn't have. I don't know whether it's the kind of thing you should laugh about or actually is quite serious, but I'm sharing it with you anyway. It's about autocorrect fails and how autocorrect allegedly, apparently, got a guy into a hell of a lot of trouble. It lost him his job, basically. He made, well, he says, he made, he sent an email, autocorrect, then changed it. That email suddenly became quite offensive and now he isn't employed anymore. Do you want to know what it was that he did? that cost him his job. He sent an email, he worked at university, he was like an administrator, he sent an email to a colleague. He started the email, hi hash brown, and um, that got him in trouble um, over racism, basically. And his defense was, no, no, it was, it was, it was just autocorrect, honest, I, I didn't do that, why would I call someone a hash brown? Um, but they weren't having any of it, and boom off with his job that was it he was out of there got in got in lots of trouble and and got sacked for calling a co-worker accidentally apparently hash brown instead of their name now um the thing with this article is it doesn't tell you what it was auto corrected from which makes it a bit more difficult to to maybe make up your mind as to whether this guy is a massive racist or whether it was just an honest, well-intentioned mistake that 
you know, he hadn't noticed until it was too late. My, my instinct, um, I'm turning myself into like a, a judge in the situation. My, my instinct is that like, surely with an explanation like that, that like your email accidentally corrected their name to hash brown, hash brown, like that, that's not a, a term of racist abuse usually. So surely if that had happened, Surely that's just such a ridiculous explanation, it must be real, right? Like, it's the kind of thing you probably can't make up because it's just, it's so implausible, it's so out there, it's so silly, that maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe this guy got sacked over nothing. I mean, it's equally possible that he didn't and it was actually quite a bad thing he did. But, I don't know, I just think it must be, it must be real because of this <laughs> the stupidity of the excuse but but yeah who knew autocorrect could get you into so much trouble i just thought it was a bit annoying when it keeps telling you you want to say ducking but this is a, a whole other level hash browns and that that cost you a job imagine so be careful when you're sending your emails people because you could end up calling people the names of popular breakfast foods and then that's it, you're done. Your career's over, you're sweeping floors, you're picking up litter, all because you accidentally called someone an Egg McMuffin. Coming up next, ice blocks. I would like to discuss water that is frozen after Lewis Capaldi and before you go, a winter song. Although all of his songs are kind of wintry songs, so maybe he doesn't count. He's excluded from the theory. That is before you go. It's Wizard Radio with Ali. Um, I've mentioned in the last hour how I went to like an election hustings and the UKIP, not UKIP, same thing, Brexit guy, which kind of owned himself a little bit by making a really dumb point. This hour, another politician that's sort of owned himself a little bit, um, Boris Johnson, off of being the Prime Minister, you know the guy, the blonde hair, the one that pretends to be an idiot, but is actually not him. Um, he got invited to do like a Channel 4 climate debate thing this week where they invited like all people from every major party to come on and talk about what they would do uh, for the environment, which is very important. And he was like, nah, I'm not doing this. And so he didn't go. And it was a leaders debate. Everyone who was involved was the leader of a party. And obviously Boris Johnson, who is the leader of his party, the Conservative Party, didn't want to go. But he did try and send some replacements. So he tried to send, first of all, Michael Gove, who's like another MP from the Conservative Party, who's not the leader. And obviously like, well, no, you're not the leader. Go away. But then he also sent his actual dad to go down and be like, oh, well, if, if he won't do it, can I do it? And they're like, no, you're, you're not the leader of the Conservative Party. You're his dad. No, go away. And so they weren't allowed to take part in the debate. And so instead, this is excellent trolling. Instead of Boris Johnson being in the debate, instead of Michael Gove or Boris Johnson's dad, Stanley, being in the debate, Channel 4 got someone to make a giant ice statue. I think of, of planet Earth. And this ice statue just sat where Boris would have sat and melted over the course of the hour to make some kind of point. And I thought that was a great idea. It properly like shows him up for not going. 
and not agreeing to come on and talk about his policies. You know what? Replace him with a, a block of ice that melts to show the urgency of the climate crisis. And um, got me thinking, of all the things you could be replaced by, a block of ice shaped like the Earth is kind of a cool one, right? And so what else, what else could you be replaced by if you don't want to go? And I was thinking, what, what would I want to be replaced by in terms of like inanimate objects? I think maybe a scarecrow would be kind of fun. Like they have in fields full of crops. So it looks like a person, but it's actually just stuffed with hay and wears a horrible hat and has no eyes, just kind of holes or stitches. And I'd be stuck on a massive rod. And that could be me. That could be my stand-in. If I don't want to go to, I don't know, to a party or don't want to go to one of my lectures, I can just send the scarecrow along instead or just sit there quietly representing me. Um, what about you? What would you have to like replace you with to stand in for you, but an inanimate object? That's what I would quite like to know this afternoon. So if you could send me a text now on 07807 183 538, you can tweet me as well at WizRadio. You can send an email to station at wizardradio.co.uk or facebook.com slash wizardradio. What would you like to be replaced with, um, just inanimate object wise? I'd be quite interested to know what you come up with. We'll do that in a bit. Also going to play Tiger next, and I've I've got a 60 second guide for you as well, because I've been I've been a busy boy. I've been beavering away in the many hours I've been awake since 4am, doing lots of research and reading to help me understand Tiger better as a person. And I've condensed all that many hours of reading into just 60 seconds, and here it is for you right now. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60 second guide. Tiger, short for Take Your Gardens Away, is a rapper come urban planner from Stoke. He chose that name because in his urban planning work, he often advocates for the removal of front and back gardens, which he describes as a waste of space that belongs in the countryside, in favour of higher density housing, namely blocks of flats. His favourite piece of urban design is uh, the flyover one-way system that's in Birmingham, and much like Rod Stewart, he has a huge model railway in his loft that he likes to play with, whilst blowing a whistle and wearing a train driver's hat. On the music side, Tiger has, a, has had a two-peak career. Much like Craig David, he became famous, disappeared, and then made a successful comeback. He originally disappeared due to embarrassment caused by disastrous appearance on the Graham Norton show. He had a bit too much of the provided wine and spent the rest of the show addressing fellow guest Tom Cruise as Ethan, um, named after his Mission Impossible character, whilst attempting to strip. And that's Tiger in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Saturdays 3 till 5. Tate McRae and all my friends are fake. It's Wizard Radio before that. Tiger, YG and Santana with Mama Sita. It's Alec here. Dylan and Lennon still playing before 5 when Miles is on. And um, we're talking about what you would have sort of as an inanimate object to replace you if you couldn't be bothered to go to stuff like Boris Johnson couldn't and got replaced by a block of ice. Um, I said I'd have a scarecrow. Um, who else have we got? We have we have Natasha. Um, <laughs> she says this is quite a sad one. I think people would probably choose to replace me with an onion because I'm a really emotional person. There's basically nobody in my life who hasn't seen me cry, which is quite a weird place to be in your life. Ironically, I actually hate the taste of onions. Well, 
it's a good thing you won't have to taste it because it'll just be there instead of you. Would it be a singular onion? Would it just be like one onion? Or would it be a whole stack of onions, maybe arranged in like a pyramid? A pyramid of onions? That'd be a cool thing to replace yourself with. Maybe just one lone onion, a bit sadder. But an onion, fair enough. Onions make you cry. Natasha cries in front of everyone, therefore Natasha must be replaced by Onion. It, it's watertight logic, you cannot fault it. Jack says I'd want to be replaced by something cool, like a crystal, or maybe even a laser because they're both really powerful, strong, and can kill someone. Not that I've actually killed someone before, but I like to give that impression. Okay. In reality, if I ask my friends, they'd probably say something like a pillow because I'm always really tired. I feel that, Jack. I feel it. Um, during those two songs, it felt like they just went on for like a million years um, because, I don't know, I'm just quite tired now at this point. I've, I mentioned at the start of the show I've been awake since like 20 past four um, and I'm, I'm quite sleepy now. So it's really, it's really starting to drag. But these messages are good, they get me through. Um, what, Jack, why do you want to give the impression that you could kill someone? Really? Really? Is that the impression you want to give off? Do you want old ladies to cross the road if they see you in the street? Do you want people to I don't know, just give you all of their possessions because they're scared that if they don't, you will kill them? Actually, maybe you kind of do want that one, I don't know. But come on. It's not big and it's not clever, although it does sound like, actually, now you mention it, there are quite a few benefits to everyone being terrified of you. So, you know what, fair enough. Be, be a crystal or a, a laser so you could kill someone. Uh, fair enough. Nate says, I'd like to be replaced by an iPad Pro. Think about it. This is a really powerful device. You can search anything in the world on it. Make painting, you write documents, you name it, it can do it. And also, an iPad Pro is much bigger than you'd expect. It's obviously bigger than the standard iPhone, and it's even bigger than the iPad. So. Yeah, you can read in between the lines there. I can indeed, Nate. You know what they say? The bigger the iPad, the worse your eyesight, I think, is the saying. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, basically just advocating an upgrade of all humans to computers because computers are, are better at everything than humans do, um, which is a, a slightly bleak thought, but but fair enough. George says, um, just just a three-word message that he's sent. No context, nothing. What would you want to be replaced with if you couldn't be bothered to go with something? George says, a dead grasshopper. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, why? Is it because you want to be dead or because you want to be a grasshopper? Or because specifically you want to be a, a dead grasshopper? I don't, I don't quite understand that one, but you know what, I kind of feel like it doesn't need more context. You should just leave it as it is, let it breathe. Dead grasshopper, sure, why the hell not? And the uh, last one we've got time for, from Charlie. I've always wanted to get a cardboard cut out of myself. So, this question is very on brand for me. How cool would it be to have a little robot of yourself to do all the things and go to all the parties and lessons that you don't really want to go to? Uh, anyway. In terms of inanimate objects, I'm probably closest to a hoover, because you never see me very much. I'm usually quite quiet and hidden away, but when I come out, I'm very loud, suck up all the food, and I'm very useful too. Hey! 
I like what you did there. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy the fact as well that you're thinking more like a digital reincarnation of yourself. Replacement, or maybe not replacement, complementing yourself with a robot form or a cardboard cutout. Um, actually, I want to change my answer. I don't want to be replaced by a scarecrow. I want to be replaced by the cardboard cutout of a policeman that they have in some supermarkets. I think they have them in Morrison's. It's not a real policeman, it's just a cardboard cutout. It's there to incentivise you not to steal stuff. You're like, oh, look, the, the cardboard policeman's watching you, don't nick anything now. That's what I'd want to be replaced with, actually, yeah. Um, the, the cutout cardboard policeman. Thanks for bringing up cardboard cutouts, Charlie, you inspired me. These are all very good suggestions, um, especially George's dead grasshopper one. Thank you very much. If I do ever need to call upon you and you can't be bothered, just, just send those things instead. It'll be fine. Okay, I think the person knocking at the door, they've been waiting long enough. It's time to see if anyone's worked out who on earth they are. Um, we'll do that next after Dylan and a song called Sour Milk. Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. Welcome back. This is part two of Someone's Knocking at Your Door. Before the break, someone had knocked at the door. The break was about an hour ago, but still. Someone knocked at the door, and I only want to let them in if one of you lot can work out who it is. That's the rules of the game. That's how it works. The clues you got this week were not at all useful, essentially. Then we established the person's not a woman. They are like an actual specific individual in their own right but also they're kind of maybe a character but they're not better known as playing someone else they're on tv a lot and um they have some kind of discernible talent and then the bonus clue because those clues were largely useless was that it's not someone you want to face and people have been going quite recently to very extreme lengths to avoid facing them all of that considered here's what you've been guessing Yasmin says, is Keith Lemon, aka Lee Francis, knocking at your door? He's not a woman, he's both a person and a character. Um, Keith Lemon isn't a real person, but everyone knows his real name is Lee Francis, hence the confusion as to whether he's better known as someone else. Um, he's on TV a lot, talented at comedy. There are definitely some people who wouldn't want to face him. Keith Lemon ticks all of the boxes. He does, but it's not him. Not Keith Lemon, slash Lee Francis, slash, if you're really old, Avid Marion from Bo Selector. Uh, no, none of those things. But he does tick all the boxes. Um, so I, like, I see you thinking there, unfortunately, on this occasion. Incorrect. Uh, thanks for playing there, Yasmin. Good guess. Was wrong. Um, Mickey, I don't know why I think this, but I feel like you'll appreciate it before, Alec. Is Alan Partridge knocking at your door? Yeah, I can see that. There is some ambiguity as to where Steve Coogan stops and Alan Partridge starts, but it is not Alan Partridge. I feel like, actually, the, the person it actually is couldn't be further away from any of these guesses that we've had so far. Very far away from Keith Lemon, quite far away. Maybe slightly closer to Partridge than Lemon. Um, definitely a million miles away from Olivia's guess. I think I know what you've done here, Alex, she says. Who's a talented musician? Who's a man who goes by his real name, but also plays a character version of himself? He's on TV a lot at the moment. Some people think he's gross, would want to avoid him. It's obvious. Lewis Capaldi. 
He's everywhere right now. There's even trade adverts with his face on it. I feel like he's impossible to get away from. It's true. Impossible to escape the Capaldi. In our student union a while back, there were like adverts on the screens, which was a Tinder profile for Lewis Capaldi, and you had to swipe right or swipe left. But is he knocking at the door? No. I'm afraid not. You are incorrect, Olivia. Lewis Capaldi not knocking at the door this week. And in fact, a million miles away from the person who is knocking at the door. Um, Ellie says a slightly political one here, Alec. Watch me, guys. I'm getting all political. Ooh, watch out. Is Nigel Farage knocking at the door? Here's my logic. He's not a woman. He's both a person and a character of himself. I don't believe he's a real person. He's on TV a lot. He's definitely someone that people go to great lengths to avoid, you can say that again. The only thing I'm trying to work out um, is how talented he is. Is he talented at all? I'm sure if it is him, he'll tell us what his talents are. Um, well, um, quite fortunately for me and everyone involved, the person knocking at the door is not Nigel Farage. Ellie, you are incorrect. Um, thanks for your guess, but yeah, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have talent. I wouldn't lie to you like that. Justin, I think the person knocking on your door is wearing a mask. Because when you wear a mask, you're kind of pretending to be someone else, but you're still your own person. I think that's where the confusion is. And if it's a scary mask, then people go to great lengths to avoid them. So is it one of the people from the film The Purge, or the guy under the mask in the film Scream, or perhaps even the trick-or-treater? I know Halloween was a long time ago now, but maybe you're trying to throw a curveball. I think I did do that like two weeks after Halloween, we had a trick or treat at the door. But um, they haven't come back for more, I was quite mean to them. So they ran away crying and never came back. So it's not a trick or treater. Um, it's not someone from the film The Purge or the film Scream, neither of which I've seen. But you might be onto something when you say they're wearing a mask. Possibly. Um, looking at the texts I've had, nobody has guessed it correctly this week, so we will have to send them away. But, I feel like now is the right time to let you know that the person who was knocking at the door, that none of you guessed, well, it looked like it was Andrew Marr, the BBC's kind of politics interviewer guy, but then he ripped off his mask, and who burst out of a fake Andrew Marr mask? It was only Andrew Neil, the BBC's other politics guy, interviewer type chap, who's been interviewing all the politicians, except Boris Johnson. Boris like, no, I won't interview you, but I will have an interview with Andrew Marr. And so the BBC were like, okay, have an interview with Andrew Marr. But I think they're just going to have, like, Andrew Neil jump out of Andrew Marr's skin and be like, surprise, it's me after all. Ha! Um, <laughs> so long story short, that's who was knocking at the door this week. It was Andrew Neil, the BBC's interviewer man, disguised as Andrew Marr, another one of the BBC's interviewer men. And nobody got that correct, shockingly. And that, my friends, is the end of someone's knock at the door. And in fact, the end of the show. So thanks for, for someone's knock at your door guesses and all your messages today. They've been very good. I'm back on next week. We've got the week of mixed up on Friday and this show on Saturday. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'm going to sleep now because I'm very tired. This is Lennon Stella and kissing other people. Miles on the other side. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.